was a wicked, wicked man, and Haman was his name, sir. Destroy the Jews, that was his plan, though they were not to blame, sir. Oh, today we'll marry, marry be. Oh, today we'll marry, marry be. Oh, today we'll marry, marry be, and match some hamantashen. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the American Israelite Newspaper Podcast, the Let There Be Light Podcast. And I just have to, just just wait, I have to do this. Hold on. I, this is just one of two. Ready? Okay, that's that's my first one. So you have to guess. Okay, so, so today, today is Purim. <laughs> Be happy, it's you a dare, know, you too. didn't know that. But it's Hugs actually the fact that we, that we lived and we didn't get annihilated by, and they, he was an Amalekite. You know, Haman was, was from the line from Agag. You know, if you remember in the Torah, and there was this guy named Agag who was the, uh, um, the, the, uh, the king. And I think Samuel killed him, uh, split him in half. There was a battle. And then, but what he didn't know, when he was in the dungeon, some woman come and visited him and they had relations and she had a baby. And so that was the continuation of the line of Amalek. And we're supposed to wipe out Amalekites. Anyway, uh, so I'm one of your, that's a little bit of trivia, but uh, I'm one of your, yeah, you're one of your co-hosts, Netzanel Ted Deutsch, and I'm here with my other co-host. Julie Babs Bernsenbrook, and I have to give myself a mazel tov. We no, closed what? on our house in Highland Park, uh, Illinois. Mazel tov. Oh, I'm, I'm going home. I'm going home. Okay, there you go. But more importantly, we have, yeah, we have a, a co-host. Guest. Who is one of the persons of the year? Introduce yourself, co-host. <laughs> well, thanks, Julie Babs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Kathy Heldman, and uh, I just retired from being the regional director of American Jewish Committee, uh, the Cincinnati regional office. And we are so pleased we're that you're pleased, here. Yeah, we're and Ted knows you from growing up, and actually, yes, I yes, met yes. you in Florida when my sister-in-law Hillary, who was your good friend, I met you. You had your first baby, then Michael. And I met you. We, we actually bowled together. Went bowling. Yeah, hey, we, we went rolled. Bowling. We rolled. No, you didn't bowl. You rolled together. How you can you remember rolled. 36 years ago like that is pretty impressive. I, it was a fun time. <laughs> it was a really fun time. Because I was actually pregnant with my son, Lauren, I believe, at the time. Wow. Wow. Those were fun days. Those fun were days. fun days. Hot. Yeah. It was hot down there. Yeah, well, Florida. That's it was what hot. happens. It was yeah. hot. All right. So we are here, and today is... Purim, it's, uh, well. Today is actually Wednesday the 16th, but tomorrow will be March 17th when the issue comes out, and it'll be the 14th of Adar 25782, and and we are so happy we'll be, to right. be here. Well, we'll be healing. The Megillah reading is tonight, and then Megillah reading is tomorrow morning. And today is actually the fast or the feast of Esther? Fast yes. of Esther. Fast of Esther is today. So we did not fast, though. Yeah, we I, had I'm bagel not shop. allowed to because I'm diabetic, and I have to keep my sugar at a certain level at all times. But I do want to have, I do have a public announcement, and that is that um, the 165th anniversary gala, an evening with Dion Warwick, will be coming up on Saturday, April 30th. And I got this beautiful invitation in the mail, and I'm looking through it and seeing who's hired, and blah, blah, blah. And oh, oh, hosts and hostesses, <laughs> Julie and Dr. Barry Brooke. I was how like, come they didn't oh, say, I know those people. How I didn't come see they didn't Ted say Deutsch podcaster from the American Israelite, <laughs> Julie and Dr. Barry Brooke? 
Uh, I don't know. They didn't. That's my most important role in life. Yes, it is, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, So Dionne Warwick is coming on April 30th. She was supposed to be here in 2020, but of course we had a little COVID stoppage there and we didn't get to go. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's a lot of things being celebrated in our community. On March 24th, HUCJIR is going to celebrate Founders Day. Julie, you know, over the course of time, you've really gotten really good with your lead-ins. I'm the queen of segways. Segways, that's (laughs) it, segways. You are like the segway queen, aren't you? So they will be having a celebration, correct? And they will be honoring Rabbi Mark Wachowski, PhD, and he's the Solomon B. Freehoff Professor Emeritus of Jewish Law and Practice, and he'll receive a Doctor of Human Letters. When, so, that, when is that again? That's going to be on Thursday, March 24th at 11 a.m. And I'm sure so it, that's you're going to... So today, it's just a week from today. Well, a week, a from, week tomorrow, from tomorrow. week from tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And a lot of their alumni will be here. It's a big year for HUC because it it's also the right. 50th anniversary of Rabbi Sally Presand becoming we'll a rabbi. we in a minute. Yeah, so very exciting. And if you're interested, there's yeah, a great yeah. article about it yeah. written and submitted by HUCJIR. And okay. Cincinnati's own Rabbi Elena Stein is going to be getting her DD at that event. Oh, really? And, and she is the rabbi at Jewish right. Hospital. She's the chaplain. Right, and right, right, right. her brother is John Stein, right, who right. is now the president of the Jewish Foundation. And right. we have a little quote from 10 years ago from John. Which we'll get to in a little bit. When he bit. was involved with the... AJC. Yes, yes. All perfect and circular. (laughs) Okay, so. On on page three, it feels really good to give why one couple created a legacy gift. And Kathy seems to know the people in these pictures. Doctors Trish and um, Scott Joseph are wonderful people. And I know Scott because he was on the board and the executive committee of American Jewish Committee. And prior to that, I worked with him at the Jewish Community Center, and at Hebrew Union College when he was very involved as a volunteer at both of those organizations. A great couple and an article worth reading. So uh, I he, know they have one son, but is right. this their son in the picture, or is this the Havarim? They've also had Havarim oh, right, in Israel. Right. It would be nice if we captured, captured, captured? No, it's captioned. 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 Our pictures. Well, we're, we're slowly coming out of our being uh, our, understaffed. Our office it, COVID. Well, we had office COVID, but uh, we are actually improving quite a bit um, as we speak. We are rapidly uh, re-staffing, and things are getting back to normal. Um, and it's it's a good thing. It's a good thing. So... Um, I met him at your retirement party, Scott, and I was hanging out. Because you know how guys will, like, migrate near the food. And, <laughs> and the kinda, bar. Yeah, in the bar. And we were kind of listening. And he came over. He's like, introduce, it's like, you know, who are you? And I'm like, Ted from the Israelite. And he's oh, okay. So, oh, okay. So Julie's going to ring the grogger every time my name is mentioned. <laughs> so on page four, we have our community calendar. Yes. And once again, all the events in purple. Our events that have to do with our bicentennial, our Cincinnati Jewish bicentennial. Yep. So keep that in mind. And then again, well, there's a lot of stuff going on. Right. Um, we're going to have to, as time, depending on how many local stories we have, we have to kind of trim this back a little bit. Um, but we are going to continue. You know, of course, we'll always continue to have this, but we're going to go probably to seven to ten days out versus uh, we've got like. Like a month out now. There's just so much going on because There's people want to get things. out because COVID is pretty much over and we want to get out and socialize Well, you know, again. when I was listening to the news last night, and of course the liberal media, which of course you are a member of. Um, they you better believe ha- it. I'm a proud liberal. <laughs> I know that. 
So they are now talking about this new variant that's starting in the African. It's called like the BAC, ABC, something variant. So they're starting this new variant. And you know what? Before long, it's going to be here. And you know what? I'm waiting for them to make one of the variants and call it the Trump variant. Okay. So anyway, so I'm going to get the calendar. Yes, go ahead. Things are happening in person again, including traditions that comfort. Jewish Customs of Mourning, mm-hmm. and um, Greater Cincinnati uh, Jewish this Sunday, Cemeteries. This Sunday, Right, part of the Greater Cincinnati Jewish Cemeteries. And, you know, in light of, of Purim, I did see that David Harris was stepping down and Ted Deutsch was taking his place. Why don't you wait till the Purim shtick? You're, you're getting ahead talking, of yourself. It's a, we're talking Purim. We're talking Greater Cincinnati Jewish Cemeteries. So Ted is going to be appropriate. Ted? It's going to be in the cemetery all the time? No, not in the cemetery. I'm moving to New York to take over as head of the AJC National. That's the joke. She told you it was a joke. No, David Harris. The other David Harris. Harris. No, David Harris. I was talking about the David Harris at AJC. Didn't you hear the part about the Greater Cincinnati Jewish Communities, Ted? Okay, so so back to Ted and Kathy. I think we've been nipping at the old uh, Purim bottle (laughs) a little bit early today. We're talking the other (laughs) David David Harris Harris and the other (laughs) Ted Deutsch. Okay, just Uh, wanted to clarify that. Oh, oh, you're... You know what? You're right. Ted <laughs> Deutsch, the, the, the Florida co- congressman from Florida. That's right. He's taking over for David Harris in New York for AJC. I actually ah, hosted the other Ted go. Deutsch for a luncheon in 2012. Yeah. In Cincinnati, when you say Ted Deutsch and David Harris, it's very confusing. <laughs> that is. You know, during my tenure at AJC, I had to clarify that often. Kathy, that, that is people. very funny. That is funny. <laughs> that is so funny. Ted and Kathy actually go back a long time. Yes. They went to Kathy, tell us a little bit about your band. Background and and I know you grew up in Cincinnati. You were born in Cincinnati. Tell us just a little bit about yeah. yourself. Born and raised in Cincinnati. A Cincinnatian. Gradu- graduated from Walnut Hills High School. Was a product of the JCC. Spent lots and lots and lots of time with all your sisters um, with my sisters, uh-huh. my my brother, uh-huh. um, my the Folans, the Folan clan. That's right, and the Folans, my. Two of my three siblings, my brother and sister-in-law, my sister and brother-in-law, and their um, seven children and their their children's children are mm-hmm. all in Cincinnati, as is my husband, Tim Heldman, and his brothers and their spouses and are I'm, all I'm in Cincinnati. And I'm very close with your, the middle brother. That's and, right. And all, well, I'm close with all of them. And, and two of our five children are in Cincinnati. Our daughters are here in Cincinnati, and it's great. My youngest daughter just moved back, um, one of the... Silver linings of COVID. Work in New York. Work a job in New York from your house in Cincinnati. Wonderful. So I have mm. deep roots. And deep you have roots. a grandchild or two. I have two. Two grandsons, and they live at Atlanta, in Atlanta. But I'm happy to be able to get to see them pretty often now that I'm retired. Uh, Hot Atlanta. Brighton and Levi. Hot Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. And you went to Ohio State, correct? I went to the University of Arizona first, and then I graduated from Ohio State. Go Bucks! Yay. You know, I went to Ohio U. You went to I'm Ohio sorry. U. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. No, you know, if I had to do it over again, I thought about maybe going to OSU because if I'd have gone to OSU, that's when Woody Hayes was there, and it right. would have been fantastic to go to those football games. I mean, they were they were a powerhouse back, but they were still a powerhouse. But that oh, would have been a lot of fun. Speaking of education, on page five we have the first woman rabbi, yes, and yes, actually, yes. this story was printed in the March ninth. 
1972 edition of the American Israelite. Yep. And it talks about not only Sally Presend becoming a rabbi, and as we know from the from the pages, she interned and, and worked at Wise Temple during right. her, well, as she was a student, but it also talks about the other story that we've talked about a number of times, Regina Jonas. And actually it's pronounced Regina, okay. um, who became an ordained rabbi in Berlin, who unfortunately was then taken and murdered in Auschwitz in oh. um, 1944. Right. But this year, as we mentioned earlier, there's going to be a huge celebration at HUC honoring this milestone. 50 uh, years ago today. 50 um, years ago, this, this uh, graduation June, June 4th, was in June. June yeah, 4th. She, gradu- she, she would have graduated in June. Quite the legacy. Mm-hmm. Quite the legacy, yeah. So... I want back to you. Uh, you know, you went to one. So you had three, three man, three years mandatory of Latin. Remember that? Not much of it, but yes, I remember. I remember. I, still, I remember. Yeah, I remember all those conjugations. You had to conjugate every verb. Had to be conjugated. So remember all that stuff. Can you throw out a sentence or two? Veni, vidi, victi. <laughs> I came. I saw. I conquered. Good job. Oh, that's good. good. And sursum absum. Well, you got to remember that. That's one. Uh, from Water Hills. And speaking of conquering, on page six, the Yiddish poets wish for peace of nations. As always, Dr. Jordan Finken, our resident Yiddish specialist, He's talks about something that is quite appropriate right now in, in terms of Ukraine. And we did have an interview this morning with, I call her the Ukrainian G.I. Jane. Her name is Jane. She's a Jewish yeah. woman who lives in Cincinnati. She was went to law school at UC, and then she went and practiced law as a criminal defense attorney in the Ukraine. Well, she practiced law in Ukraine, Ukraine. and came here and then... To get your license again in America, you have to go to two years for an LLM, and then you take the exam, yeah, the U.S. bar, bar. well, the the Ohio bar, right? You take the Ohio, pass the Ohio bar, and then you're an attorney. So speaking of, that's, I think we're going to make that a a special special interview that we're going to do because uh, it's on everybody's mind right now. Right, it's 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 daily bombs or. Dropping people are dying, and uh, it's it's horrible, right? So, now. and appropriately, Dr. Jordan Finken wrote one of his lines: "Is our powerlessness is palpable, and poetry is a way to express these feelings." And he's talking about the great Yiddish poet uh, David Hofstein, who was from 1889 to 1952, and he was around during the programs which we talk about lately in the from the pages. Remember the awakening of the Magars. And um, so this poem is quite appropriate for what's going on in the Ukraine. And uh, it's, it's a good read, as always, Dr. Jordan Fink. And, of course, below that is our <laughs> picture from last week. Yeah, I'm of, a big fan of chocolate. And I you, saw well, this. You Maybe you can you, enlighten me about you. We should have kept some chocolate. She had chocolate. She had a whole and, package and, and, of chocolate. You just kept Seriously. it here for left it in the seat, and you, you could have come and eaten it. Yeah, you know, it's Purim. We should be celebrating in that yeah, way, a little yeah. notch. Well, that's for to put in your... And you brought us a beautiful uh, Purim. Yes, we want to thank you publicly. So <laughs> thank you. I've already, I've already eaten I haven't eaten gotten eaten anything Enjoy. yet, and then I have to go back to the... Anyway. And thank I'm you, Julie. Say. We get to nosh, nosh a little humantosh. Um, thank yeah. you very Nosh, much. nosh the humantosh. Hey, how about it. that? Nosh, 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 nosh the humantosh. That's a song, Ted. Those are my days. Oh, it is a song? Yes. Teaching preschool, you learned about nosh, nosh a humantosh. So, of course, we know Elan's raw chocolate is made here in Cincinnati. It comes from Israel. It's kosher. You can buy it at Alma's Cafe. You can buy it in Madisonville. And, well, at Mark's Hot Bagels. Mark's Hot Bagels. Right to the right of the registers right there, So she was a wonderful guest. Yep, yep. Okay. And actually, from your days at the JCC, I believe you were at the JCC when I won the triathlon at least three <laughs> oh, times. Oh, I have to put it again. Oh, oh wait Good a minute. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> you 
know what, Kathy, it's always about me on this podcast. Yeah, yeah, it can't be always about you, even though it always is. Sometimes. So as always in our national news, we have a lot of stuff about anti-Semitism and issues going on in the country. Our focus right now, though, is really on the Ukraine. And there's a lot of great stories about what's going on internationally in terms of well, I thought the really cool thing was on uh, to help Ukraine. Jewish bakers are making hamantashes with the yellow and blue. Those are beautiful looking. They're really cool looking. That's on page eleven, and that, they look delicious too. So, did either of you make hamantashen at home? Not yet. Uh, okay. My, Not yet. Stephanie made some last night. And I had what flavors eat. did she make? The only kind I will eat. No, poppy. Oh, okay. I love poppy. I love the moon, but I couldn't get any of the, the prune yeah. and the moon. So, But I actually yeah. made for, Daniel was here, and yesterday together we made with a Nutella and banana. Ooh. And that was delicious. And I, I, saw made, that, I saw that on uh, one of the social media outlets, a uh, recipe for so, that. Was, yeah, that good. was a good recipe. That so, was from yeah. uh, Geller. That, that was her geller, okay. but this was my own. Jamie Geller. Jamie Geller, but this so was a recipe you, from Pam Gildenblatt that I use all the time, and we just put Nutella and bananas in there. So did Good you job, see Pam. in the Adith Israel uh, Mishloach Manot that you picked up when I was right, there? Right, There was a little jar of Nutella. Nutella, I loved it. I packed yes, that away. Yes, That's a yes. cute little. And they had some other little jars of uh, that jelly uh, that comes from France. That you put in your. Uh, put in you can make into your uh, uh, Well, that would be about one hamantaschen. Yeah, it would be Nutella. one. Yeah, yeah, I'm all yeah. about the prune hamantaschen. Yeah. When my daughter asked what flavor she should make, I told Jennifer prune. Prune. Yeah, that got nixed pretty quickly. What's with they this don't generation? realize. Yeah, they don't realize that's delicious. Oh, so good. So in Israel news, um, right. Israel to allow in twenty five thousand non Jewish Ukrainian immigrants. This is wonderful compared to last week where right. we had someone actually saying we need to limit. Well, they were debating it, right? And I think this is wonderful. So in response to the humanitarian humanitarian crisis in Ukraine, Israel right. is ready to take in five thousand new non Jewish Ukrainian refugees and to allow twenty thousand non-jewish ukrainians who are already in the country many illegally to remain and that's fine we'll deal with this when the war is over every country can but let's get those people well, safe we want to get them to safety and they can always go back to the eventually this war is going to end they'll want to go it's back and build end, their country and they might want maybe. to go back to their homeland so they can go back there or they can go maybe they'll come to america you just don't you don't know i mean who knows what's going to happen we don't know and immigrants, a lot of times, make wonderful contributions to the communities that True. welcome them in. True. And that's what True. we need to remember. Exactly. All right, so um, on page 13, this is really fascinating to me because I didn't know. I thought the Book of Esther was um, just a, a, a book that was written, but this is the Iranian Jews have bought the tomb of Queen Esther and Mordecai, her uncle. And uh, the Israel National Library revealed that recently, and I didn't realize that this is actually um, this is the per- you know it was two thousand years ago when Persian King Cyrus, and I don't know if he was the there's the Ash- we read about Ashasveros in the Megillah. I didn't know that that was all real time, real history. I didn't I didn't realize. So I'm learning something new today. It's, it's fascinating. And below that, this was uh, interesting. The birthright has right. now lowered the age back instead of being up to 32. It's to 26. And what they're saying is we believe that creating a more structured time frame to participate, young people will make a birthright Israel trip a priority at a time when they can fully engage a benefit. So actually, it's probably true when you're 32, you're already working. Maybe you have kids or something yeah. like that. And this way, it's well, a, a concentrated mm-hmm. period when you're still young well, and like, a little bit it, more is free. It, is it 18 to 26? I yes. think. It's, it's, yes. 
Okay. I think it's 18. Right. And just okay. for a few months, it's it's the... My, it's Rachel, Rachel, my daughter, went on one of these uh, birthrights. So you probably... My kids all yeah. did, and I'm sure yeah. Kathy... No, no, but for the next few months, 27 to 32-year-olds are still being accepted. Aliza, <laughs> it's time. This is your chance. you got a couple no, months. It's, it's, it's a really, it's a fantastic trip, and you learn so much. And uh, it's 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 really a, a great a great thing to do. Um, I believe this was started by, is it Edgar Bronfman from Seagram's? Yes. And also... Steinhardt. Stein, Michael Steinhardt. And Michael Steinhardt, I, I forget what he did. They're hedge funds. He's a, he's a hedge, a hedge fund, fund okay, manager. Okay, hedge fund. Okay, okay. Right. Um, so on page 14 and 15, right. of course, is our monthly Jewish, Cincinnati Jewish experience. Okay. And again, we're keeping up with Steve Rosedale and... It's fascinating. His, his, his uh, memoirs. When he was in, this uh, is the bullets are flying overhead in today's episode, and it's well, he was also scary. there was also um, he said that there were these bombs that would come down and blow up like a hundred field over the over the and burn field. your skin, and the, it would uh, they were, the phosphorus would come out and burn the hell out of you, and so you wanted to, as soon as they knew the thing blew up, you wanted to duck and then roll around so it wouldn't get you. Uh, so I know he was. He I didn't realize he was in active combat. Yeah, daily. he was in the infantry. Yeah, you know. daily, daily. So Kathy, I know you had a funny yeah. story. Your daughter's involved in Cincinnati Hebrew Day, she is. and you had a funny story about one of the authors in the Cincinnati Jewish Experience. So yeah, uh-huh. I'm sure when Kayla went shopping, Kayla uh, Soroka went shopping with her son at uh, Walmart recently. She didn't realize that he lost his kippah, <laughs> and Mindy Nemoff <laughs> happened to find it. And she posted something on one of the local uh, kosher websites about it with a picture. Yeah. And uh, my daughter saw it. She, she recognized the yarmulke. She contacted Mindy. She contacted Kayla. And happily, the kippah was, uni- was reunited with Kayla's son. All is good. Thank you, Mindy Nima, for, uh, for posting that, for finding it, and for helping yeah. to get that kippah back. Uh, what would you call that, a kippah? Kippa Shiddach? Yeah, I think so. Exactly. A Kippa Shiddach. So, unfortunately, Ted has to leave. He's got a doctor's appointment, and we're going to carry on without him. As we enter the scariest portion of today's paper, the Purim section. And so we're just going to skip over the top article by Slime Shecky Silverman, uh, the assistant editor at the American Israelite, because obviously that, that person has some political waverings that we don't agree with. But down below are some interesting things, nine things you didn't know about Purim. Now, I did not realize that Esther kept kosher. Or not kosher, she's vegetarian. Right. Yeah, she's Wasn't a vegetarian. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I have heard, number three, that the book of Esther is one of the two biblical books that do not mention the name of God. That I did know. Is there anything else here? that? Well, it, the reason that she was a vegetarian was that she didn't want to break kashrut. That's amazing. And so she was smart enough to uh, to eat a diet. And that's what a lot of people legumes. do nowadays. If they're somewhere where there isn't um, kosher food, they will definitely go and do the same thing. That's right. That's right. I did not know that you're supposed to find a go-between to deliver your... I didn't look. know that either. I apologize. I delivered them um, But personally. they were delicious, and I'm thank you very you much. It. There you thank go. you. Uh, so, of course, we want to remember that you can make your own Purim co- costume. Today, I am here as church lady. I thought that was quite appropriate for the Jewish newspaper of Cincinnati to come as church lady. <laughs> and um, it did. the dress did fit a little bit better pre-COVID. Uh, and I could also be Mrs. Maisel, but I like church lady. You know, it fits, fits. You yeah. know, with the hat and the gloves. Well, I have white gloves really and fit. 
appropriate shoes and purse. And Kathy, and, and you're wearing. Uh, yeah, uh, the costume was a little difficult, but I am wearing my necklace with my jester of Queen Esther. I was always a big fan of Queen Esther's jester during this time of year. And so um, I, that necklace represents uh, the, jester. the jester. And when you were a little girl, didn't you only go as Queen Esther? I don't remember we, doing anything else. We always went as Queen Esther. We picked out our fanciest nightgowns and our, and our little crowns that we'd make from home. And we would go to shul and uh, wear our Queen Esther uh, pajamas. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, as usual, Rabbi Shlomo Riskel has a lot to say in his Sedra of the Week, Shabbat Shalom Tzvat, Leviticus 6, 1 to 86. I recommend reading that. Uh, he does not say, usually on the last paragraph, I always mention when he mentions something political, he did not do so this week. But um, he does talk about acts of God and the sanctuary. And as always, you will learn something new and good from Rabbi Shlomo Riskin. And one of, uh, one of my favorite editions of the American Israelite is the Passover coloring contest. Oh, yes. Don't forget about the Passover coloring contest. Do you know that Ted contest. claims to have invented that and that all the other Jewish... Oh, Ted. Ted <laughs> <laughs> claims that and, and he said all the other Jewish newspapers started copying. It was a really cute idea. We do it for Hanukkah and Passover. It was a, it's a great idea. I love seeing the artwork of the young children from Cincinnati from preschool all the way up to age 13. And all entries should be received by Wednesday, April 6th. And uh, you'll find that on page 17 of this week's edition of The Israelite. So, Kathy, when you're not working in one of our Jewish agencies or a nursery school teacher or being a grandma, what do you like to do in your free time? Do you have any hobbies that you'd like to do? Well, let's see. Um, now that it's COVID, I spend a lot of time walking, um, sometime exercising, um, and a little bit of reading. But I also like to spend time playing games. My husband and I often play. I love playing games. We, we're, we're big Rummy 500 players, and the winner gets control of the remote, the TV remote. So, yes, mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a pretty competitive game. I also enjoy playing Mahjong and uh, Canasta. Mm -hmm. And even uh, my Canasta friends are go back to Roselawn School or Walnut Hills School. That's so and, nice. Uh, yeah, so... Always fun to get together with friends and uh, play. Enjoy these. a game. Enjoy a good yes, game. So fun. we are now on our favorite page, page 20, uh, from the pages. So each week, the American Israelite will print one milestone related to the history of the Cincinnati Jewish community over the last 200 years, provided by the Jewish Cincinnati Bicentennial. Each milestone weaves Jewish history within the greater context of our community's development and our country at large. So in 1902, the establishment of Lysanneville Country Club in response to the unavailable, unavailability of membership for Jews at established clubs at that time. So now we actually, for a while, there was actually two Jewish country clubs. Right. There was Lysanneville and Crest Hills. And from, from what I understand... One were the German Jews and one were the Russian Jews. Exactly, for many, 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 many decades. And when I moved here, I remember a lot of people saying one of their goals when they had enough money was to join one of those country clubs. Now there's only one, Lysanneville, and I think everyone gets along really well. <laughs> so I think so. Yeah, so I think that's nice. Now, uh, under 150 years ago, I thought that this was a particularly interesting column. First, it's called Letters to Ladies. And the author was probably Rabbi Isaac Mayer Wise, if not one of his friends that wrote for him. But they started out by quoting Shakespeare. 
and it said, let me not to the marriage of true minds admit impediments. And the writer wrote, I suppose that most men have observed the following facts from which I propose to draw a lesson. First, that young married women have a particular charm for unmarried young men, and that a young man's first love is almost all almost uniformly devoted to a woman older than himself. I thought that was really something. That's really interesting. I don't know how they came up with those facts, but I found it interesting. What else I found interesting was um, on March 18th, 1897, 125 years ago, Levi Strauss of San Francisco presented the University of California with an endowment. Mm-hmm. That endowment was equal to $3,000 per year, <laughs> and it was to be used for graduate and undergraduate scholarships. $3,000 right now would barely be able to be, uh, to be able to afford the books that so, uh, these college students need. What kind of a contribution do you think Levi Strauss would have made in today's dollars if it was back then? Do you think, what would be a major contribution that would come from someone of well, Levi Strauss's level? And it, for it to be an endowment, it would be many millions, so that that the money could then, um, they, they could use the proceeds uh, of the corpus of the money to be used annually. So it would be many millions of dollars to be able to do that same similar scholarship that they did in 1897. Well, I bet then they thought that was a lot of money. Because we it would was. see sometimes in from the pages where people were giving like $10 and they made a big deal of it in the paper. <laughs> so a um, hundred years ago, we're going back to some of the things we've talked about earlier that was going on between Romania and Ukraine, and Budapest, Hungary. And um, we have, under the Jewish Quarter attacked, incessant propaganda was going on again in Budapest of the awakening Magars. Now, remember one of the things I talked about when we do from the pages, we have to make a decision whether we go with their spelling errors, the way they spell, like Romania, then versus now. In last week's issue, they called it the, the awakenings. They put an S at the end of it. Of Magars. This week they called it Awakening Magars, which I would think would be much more appropriate because these people are claiming to be almost, they were a white supremacist group and they were awakening. And so at this point, it appears that they have actually done a pogrom um, around March 16th, 1922, and they were actually beating up the Jews at that point. Last week it said that it didn't really happen, that they were only beating up the liberal press and going after the Jews, but this week they actually had a program. And then interestingly, below that, predicts upheaval in Palestine. So this Lord Northcliffe from London, who owned the Sunday Pictorial, he declared that Palestine is on the verge of a war owing to the mistake made by the British government to promising Palestine to the Jews. Palestine, in his opinion, would soon undergo a tremendous upheaval. He warned the British government not to be indifferent to the probability of a general uprising of the Mohammedans. So what's he really talking about? He's talking about the Palestinians. He's he's calling them Mohammedans throughout the world. So Alfred Charles was a British magnet, newspaper magnet, and although he had no children with his wife, he was capable of fathering four children with two other women. And according to his history, about 1921, he developed a, and I'll put this in quotations, a strep infection that made him go mad. I don't know, does it sound a little bit like possibly syphilis to you? That's exactly what I was thinking. It's a little bit of syphilis, Mm -hmm. and then he ended up dying of androcoditis, you know, which is like a swelling around your heart in August of 1922, shortly after he made this comment on March 16th. 25 years ago, I found this, uh, 25 years after that, 75 years ago now, I found this really interesting. Distribution of copies of the New Testament to school children was halted 
by ruling of the Davenport School Board. The ban was issued following a protest by Rabbi Abraham V. Goodman of Temple Emmanuel. Rabbi Goodman pointed out that the distribution of sectarian literature violates the historic separation between church and state in this country. Uh, hello? Duh. So if this was to happen in Cincinnati when you were an, uh, heading the AJC here, what would be the first thing you would do and who would you call up to get some help on this? Well, I would be calling our legal department at American Jewish Committee, who is, who is very well versed in this, and um, making it very clear, making it very clear that there is a separation, still a separation of church and state. It's something that AJC has dealt with you know, for many, 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 many years. And when you're in that position and you ha- and, and you see something that's coming up and you get calls from people, because I know if I would see something, I would definitely right. call you and tell you this is going on, this is going on. Do you have to go first go to your board or how does that work? Do you have a committee you call up? What, how do, what's the process of an agency like the AJC actually making press releases? So a global agency like American Jewish Committee um, – as experts in the different fields. And I would go to those experts and we would use it as an educational opportunity. We would educate the people in the school district, in the city, in the town. And then again, here, just like it was in the Israelites 75 years ago, nationally. And, and so there are people who, um, who do this day in and day out and, and uh, can back it up with, um, with, the, with facts, with other... Um, uh, instances where similar things had happened in other cities. Well, it's like legal. It's a legal opinion. Exactly. Legal exactly. Opinion. So 50 years ago, Hadassah elects Mrs. Weintraub to presidency. And I picked out this article because, first of all, back then, um, at least until the 1970s, I would say, women didn't really have any identity, and they always went by Mrs. She was Mrs. Weintraub, and she was Mrs. Morris, and it's Justine Weintraub, but she was Mrs. Morris, and that's how they listed everyone, all in the old papers. Nowadays, I would not be going as Mrs. Barry Brooke. I would be Julie Brooke and even Ms. So Mrs. Morris Weintraub became the president. And again, I want to talk about it. It says chapter of at the group meeting. So all, there was a lot of chapters of Hadassah at that point. So it was a, it was a group meetings. It was all the different group meetings got together. And so that was a plural that was in the paper back then. Interesting, though, that it had her first name in parentheses, which is very rare back then. So we do know that Justine did have a first name. It wasn't just Mrs. Um, And so I was happy to see that 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 was listed. So that was the beginning when they're starting to actually list someone without just their husband's name. Now, below that labor Zionist, and I thought this was really relevant to what's going on, Soviet jewelry will be the focus of attention at the Labor Zionist meeting Sunday, March 19th at the home of Harvey Engerman Residence, 8085 Debonair Court. And the discussion will be based on the taped report on Soviet Jewry by Professor Alan Pollack. For Alan Pollack, chairman of the American Professors for Peace in the Middle East and a member of Yeshiva University. So Alan Pollack actually started this organization in 1967. He taught not only at Yeshiva University, but Columbia, Columbia University in New York, and he was a leading Zionist of a leading history, leading historian of Zionist history in the United States. Did you notice that it was a taped report? They were just preparing for fifty years later when we had to do with COVID, and <laughs> yeah. everything was then taped and uh, and then watched virtually. So I thought that was interesting. Another interesting article from fifty years ago was um, the bar mitzvah of Marshall Blatt. Yeah, would you think you were there? Did you? You know, Marshall and I went to Sunday school together, and and I probably haven't seen or heard anything about Marshall in. 
45, 50 years until just uh, two months ago. In January, I was in Florida and I was taking a walk with his sister, Diana Blatt-Stewart. And at the end of our walk, she's like, Marshall's calling. <laughs> and, and she excused herself. She picked it up and she said, Kathy Follin says hi. And he's like, wow, it seems like just yesterday. And it had been many, many years. So it's so funny that his name shows up and the anniversary of his bar mitzvah uh, just a few months after I was standing there with his sister talking to him on the phone. It was beshert that it we would definitely put a beshert. plug in there for this. Exactly. Congratulations on the anniversary of your bar mitzvah, Marshall Blatt. So 25 years ago, the house backs to so 10 commandments. So here we go again. And we have in Washington, uh, church, state, watchdogs were quick to lambast. Congress is backing last week of an Alabama judge who hangs a wood carving of the 10, not the 10 commandments. There's a typo. (laughs) I I did that. I think Ted did that on purpose, Julie, when you weren't looking. (laughs) The 10 commandments in his courtroom. Representative Robert Aderhold was the sponsor of this bill, and he said it's an important symbolic gesture affirming that the Ten Commandments represent the cornerstone of Western civilization and the basis of our legal system here in America. Now, most Jewish groups had a different opinion, and the issue here is not church-state separation nor federalism, said Phil Baum, executive director of the American Jewish Congress. Mm. It is whether we will have a nation ruled by law or anarchy, and Representative Aderholt has chosen anarchy. The Orthodox Jewish Union, however, called it appropriate for the House to express its support for display of the Ten Commandments. Very interesting. And that brings us to an article, uh, actually it was a letter to the editor 10 years ago, written by John Stein, who is a former president of American Jewish Committee. Um, He must have been president at that time. And he said, Dear Editor, AJC is dismayed by UNESCO's failure to expel Syria from the committee that handles human rights issues. The UNESCO Executive Committee reprimanded Syria, but failed to go further and oust Syria from its human rights body. Naming Syria for a two-year term on this UNESCO committee last November was a horrible mistake. While countries are closing embassies and imposing sanctions, UNESCO has no another another typo. another typo, Julie Brooke <laughs> has no business giving Syria a pass. Thank you for that. John Stein, I really And I ran into him today at the bagel shop. (laughs) There you go. In my church lady costume. (laughs) So on to Jews in the news. I did not realize that the people who founded We Work were Jews. I did not know that. And they have a TV show now um, about that, a sitcom. I don't know if it's a sitcom or if it's going to be a sad show. We Crashed, and it's on um, all about the We Work, and I had no idea that was going on. Very interesting. And for those who love sugar and spice, it has now opened, it will be opening a new location in Blue Ash. Congratulations. I look forward to some wispy thins at uh, Summit Park. (laughs) And, of course, everyone knows sugar and spice is a staple. Now, in the Incidentally Iris column, she talks about, this is funny because this is what happens when I'm with my sister. My sister and her husband just spent a week with my husband and me, she writes, at our home. Due to her influence... My closet is fuller with more stuff that I have few occasions to wear. That exactly happens to me. My checking account is balance is lower due to buying more stuff. That happens to me. And my weight, when I finally work up the nerve to gingerly step on the digital scale, is showing a steady northward rise. So that, those are the exact same thing happens when I'm with my sister at home and my family and my parents because we go out to eat, we have a good time, and you're just chatting along. You just don't pay attention to all the fun things you're doing, and you 
buy things, you stuff your closet, and you stuff your mouth. Yeah, with my sister, I don't realize that the tequila in the tequila bottle keeps getting uh, smaller and smaller. <laughs> and the mahjong tiles keep getting a little bit more worn out because we do that a lot. But what's interesting about uh, this, uh, incidentally, Iris, um, is that that Iris and I go back even further than Ted and I go back. My mother uh, was in Iris's mother, Bev, and her father, Pike Levine's wedding. Wow. Which was, you know, over 70 years ago. So our families uh, have a long history together. And her sister, Lori uh, Levine Luckman, uh, we grew up together as well. So I love when... Again, it's our, great our when we worlds have collide. Cincinnatians here. And this article actually is, isn't about her eating or shopping or, or gaining weight. It's actually about talking about how the terror is, uh, the terror, her terror meter is vibrating like crazy. You know, if COVID didn't do it to us, then Putin is going to finish us off. And of course, it would, it would not be fair if we did not mention that uh, this is one of our auto weeks and the Range Rover flagship SUV model is highlighted here in the Israelite. Beautiful car. On to the obituaries. Unfortunately, we lost a Philadelphia rabbi who brought the tradition back to Reformed Jews. He was one of the Reformed rabbis who said to the Reformed Jews, you know, you can be Reformed, but why not incorporate a few more traditions into your life? And he also was a writer of the book Gates of Mitzvah, and he will be missed. Among the local Cincinnatians who have passed away, we have Geraldine Levine, age 95, March 10th, 2022, the 7th of Adar 2, 5782. And sadly, Jason Robert Faust, age 43, died on March 12th, 2022, the 9th of Adar 2, 5782. And Bernard Lee Woodlansky, Buzz Lansky, who everyone knows from Adith Israel, the husband of Lois, Age 75, March 14th, 2022, the 11th of Adar, 25782. May all of their memories be for a blessing. And traditionally, Ted now will read the, jo- the bad joke of the week. So I will take that honor. A wealthy landowner burst into his home one day and in a voice filled with despair cried to his startled wife, Marushka, there's a terrible rumor in town. The Messiah is coming. So what's terrible, she asked the wife. I think it's wonderful. Why are you frightened? I have good reason to be afraid, he whimpered. We have a fine dairy herd, a barn full of grain, and our orchards are laden with fruit. Now we will have to give up everything and follow him. Compose yourself, said his wife soothingly. The Lord our God is good. He knows how much suffering we Jews have to endure. We had a pharaoh, a Haman. Always somebody, but our dear Lord got rid of them all. Just have faith, my dear husband. He will get rid of the Messiah also. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, now that it's Purim. Yeah, now it's... Are you going to go hear the McGillah this evening? No, I am not, but I'm going to make homentation with my daughters tomorrow. Oh, that'll be fun. Looking forward to that. Looking... But that means Passover is right around the corner. I can't even believe we have to start thinking about Passover. I know. Uh, already bought some of my Passover foods. Of course, Costco had the Passover, the huge box, which we never finished. But, of course, yeah. Barry had to buy the huge box. I already have the huge box. But no gefilte fish yet there. No, so yeah, I'm okay. looking forward to them uh, bringing out their gefilte fish so that we can have that at our Passover Seder this year. And you have a huge family in Cincinnati. So how do you do Passover? So... After being apart for two years, 
my nephew and niece, Jeffrey and Larissa Harris, will hopefully be hosting all of the family. That would be my, my two of my siblings and their families. There are many of us, but it's very nice because the children, the grandchildren are all together, and it's been a very, very long time since we've been able to be together. So we're looking forward to celebrating with everybody um, coming up in just a few weeks. And you're fortunate you've got your two daughters here, your son lives in Atlanta, and you've got other children as well. Where are the other children at? So we have a son in New York and another son in Denver. So hopefully sometime soon we'll get them to move back to Cincinnati. That would be wonderful. Yeah, that would be wonderful. And what about your children? I have one here in Cincinnati, Lauren, and then Daniel is in Columbus. And actually next Wednesday, Daniel is going to be arguing his dissertation. So we're very excited. And this Friday, my nephew, Philip Ostro, my sister's son, is going to find out where he matched in neurosurgery. So we have another, I have three mazel tovs this week, so I'm very excited. And my daughter, Melissa, of course, lives in the Mecca of Highland Park, Illinois, where (laughs) I will soon be heading back and forth and back and forth between here and Cincinnati. I won't leave Cincinnati. Barry's never retiring, and I'm just going to go back and forth and back and forth. Well, how nice to have two homes and to have your family so close. I'm very lucky. I'm very lucky. So... And and uh, and as always, we here at the Israelite, and I know a lot, Kathy joins us in this. We are thinking a lot about the Ukraine and the Ukrainian people, and we realize we can help them now. We can co- contact the Cincy Four, the number four Ukraine. Um, they are taking donations both through Fifth Third Bank as well as PayPal. You can drop off things at their office in Sharonville, at their office there on Kemper Road, and. In the meantime, we hope that maybe next week things will be better. I will be gone, but our Joan Rivers of the American Israelite Let There Be Light podcast will be substituting for me, Pam Sakes. So look forward to that. And I want to thank everyone. I wish everyone a good week. Hag Sameach Purim. Enjoy. Have some uh, drinks. Have some homentashen. And thank you again, Kathy, for joining us today. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you, Julie, for having me. And happy Purim to you and to everybody listening. Bye now. Oh, once there was a wicked, wicked man, and Haman was his name. Sir, destroy the Jews, that was his plan, though they were not to blame, sir. Oh, today will Mary, Mary be. Oh, today will Mary, Mary be. Oh, today will Mary, Mary be, and march them home in Toshin. And Esther was the lovely queen of King Ahasuerus. When Haman said, we'll treat you mean, oh my, how did that scare us? Oh, today will Mary, Mary be. Oh, today will Mary Mary be, oh, today will Mary Mary be, and not some harm and toshin. Then Mordecai, her cousin, bold, said, Esther, I must fetch her. To save us all, she must be told to the royal royal quetcher. Oh, today will Mary Mary be, oh, today will Mary Mary be, oh, today will Mary Mary be, and not some harm and toshin. So Esther, her reported bring of Haman's plot made mention. Ha ha, said he, no, I'm the king, I'll spoil his bad intention. Oh, today will Mary Mary be, oh, today will Mary Mary be, oh, today will Mary Mary be, and ask some hamantashen. The guest of honor, he shall be this clever Mistress Marty, and high above us from his tree, he'll be swinging at our party. Oh, today will Mary Mary be, oh, today will Mary Mary be, Oh, today will Mary Mary be, and not some homentoshin. His family was so depressed, for they did not insure him. But we are happy, we've been blessed, with the jolly day of pouring. Oh, today will Mary Mary be, oh, today will Mary Mary be, 
today will make me be enough some hamantashen. Oh, today will make me be. Oh, today will make me be. Oh, today will make me be enough some.